think God's still there. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we are live. Um, so this is the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, and today we are here with Cody, Graham, and Richie, and myself, Luke, um, just to talk about how we got into wheeling, where we wheel, what we wheel with, and who we wheel with, which would be Backyard Bill Off-Road. They are a NEA approved, or like a associated group, so that means that we wheel a lot of private land, club-related. It's pretty cool. Um, so I got into off-roading through a lot of YouTube videos and being a poorish kid and buying a $500 Cherokee that had no floors. We put a, you know, me and Kish went over the top and, uh, or I'm sorry, me and Richie went over the top and we did the uh, floors. We put bunch of work into the motor and it was absolutely garbage because two 16 year olds hammered it out you did this all in your first vehicle yep yeah. so you hold on you put floors into your cherokee that you bought for 500 dollars. yeah did the floors cost more than the jeep itself yes typical actually i love it happy to be here <laughs> <laughs> a floor pan is actually that expensive for these things Oh yeah. yeah, because I had to put the entire floor pan in. It goes oh, all the no. way from the firewall to the trunk we put floors in. Wow. With a 110 flux welder. That's all you need. Jesus. <laughs> um, and, and we were teaching ourselves how to do everything at the same time. But Graham here is the, what are you, the director at large from Backyard Built? One of them large and in charge uh, i wouldn't say that much but <laughs> yeah graham's pretty tiny <laughs> well uh, yeah yeah um that's all that's your intro is you just did floors in one xj i know you've had like four. Oh well i mean i'm kind of bad at doing this first time and all that but yeah no so that thing was trash we threw some s10 leaf springs that we bought at the local junkyard for 50 bucks a set of rubicon express front coil springs in it and i sent that thing on 235 75 r15 goodyear wrangler ats for a solid six months until i ripped the leaf springs out of it i did the same thing to my other xj but that thing got sold i bought a 98 it was cool I wheeled that thing and drove that thing for a solid three years. Uh, it ended up with like a Bronco 44 and uh, eight and a quarter that was welded in there on 35s as a daily. Um, then I had a nice little run in with the Connecticut State Police, so that thing got yeeted. Um, I bought a ZJ buggy, and I'm not really going to talk about that any more than this. Uh, and then from there, I bought my current 97 Cherokee for 300 bucks that just needed a transmission. And now the thing's on tons, and yeah. What are the, what are the axles, Adam? 04 F250. Ooh. What are we um, looking at for tires? 40-inch Nittos. Uh, NP231 Dana 20 doubler going in at the moment, uh, stretched to 113 inch wheelbase, so I guess 13 inches total. Um, school bus is what you're saying, yes, a big old school bus with links and a uh, tractor engine that likes to explode and like four sticks. Uh, yeah, yeah, I it's think it's right. funny you glazed over the five motors that it's, yeah, had. wait. How many how many motors did you say? Five. Five or six. Jeez, uh, no, we have the fifth one sitting on the shelf waiting to go in with ah, number right. four currently in the Jeep. And it's very fun. unhappy. It's not gonna blow up. It'll be okay. But question, Richie, how many how many Cherokees have you had, Richie? I have had three. Okay, and how many motors have you gone through? Well technically one per vehicle, but <laughs> the, my my first Cherokee, I stopped using it because I put a 
quarter size hole in the very first piston in the motor. Mm. You're not you're not helping my cause here because I'm <laughs> trying to get at is it's only Gray or not Gray, it's only Luke that has this fucking problem. <laughs> no one else in the world has this problem except you, Luke. You know, if we I mean, bought dude, motors that had less than three hundred thousand miles on them for more dude, than a hundred dollars, you'd be okay. Whoa. The first to motor fair, that I put in had eighty thousand miles on it and only lasted for three months. Yeah, okay. because it was probably sitting for years, and that doesn't do anything for a motor. Hey, uh, Marvel Mystery Oil, turn that thing over a few times. She's good to go. Oh, don't fire it up on brake clean. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh. And, and to be fair. The motor that I blew a hole in the piston on had over 300,000 on it, and I ran it for an hour on the highway while it was in the red on the temperature gauge. That's wow. not good. Yeah, well, I'd say that one deserved it. You know, it yeah. didn't know you anything. No, the no. whole Jeep he got for like 300 bucks, we couldn't get not it to even four low. And so we were jumping the thing in four high, and it finally died after we jumped it into a mud pit, and the water ended up getting up to the stock airbox. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Sounds safe. Well, you know, this is high IQ 18 and 19-year-old Luke and Richie. No. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. We were 18, 19. <laughs> yeah, we were. So, was Luke kind of your intro into off-roading, Richie? I'm sorry? Was Luke kind of your intro into off-roading? Or... Uh, he, w- he wasn't part of it. Uh, I was always into quad and dirt bikes growing up. I was always into, you know, big trucks and everything. And I became friends with Luke back at the beginning of high school. And, you know, we started hanging out. And so while he was watching YouTube videos, I was watching them with him. And, you know, I kind of got roped into... Helping him rebuild his first Cherokee somehow. Oh. And it just kind of kept going from there. Can I just interject that part of the reason that I might be popping uh, motors and whatnot is what got us into wheeling was watching the OG Busted Knuckle and Mad Ram early rock bouncing videos. So that's how I thought we had to wheel. (laughs) Yeah, I know exactly the videos. High school Luke was extremely entertaining to go wheeling with. There was a lot of noise, but didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> See, that's the thing I'm curious about. I, I know you used to have a, was it a black Cherokee? With yeah, the black 98. Yeah, what did you do to that one? Was it just the axles? I did axles, full stiffeners. Uh, eventually it ended up with like, I think rough country long arms. Um, it was a really budget build with like two and a half inches of lift, 35s, 456s. And it was just my daily. I drove that thing. I literally put 40,000 miles on it in like three years hmm. with a six month axle build in there. So. It was just my daily. I took it to like Ma Bell. Um, I went to one NEA run. I wheeled it in Richie's property multiple times, and I learned very change out Dana forty four parts, including the stub shafts and the uh, lockouts. That was that was cool. Mm. Um, it had a lovely front end collision, which is part of the reason that the state of Connecticut was very keen on me taking it off the road. But, uh, yeah, it was a really good Jeep. We stiffened it, you know, just like worked through the kinks, but yeah. Yeah. And that is a fun fact is most of the trails on my property got started out by me and Luke just slamming his Jeep through shit. That is how the green loop came to be. (laughs) It was a track that I just found a way to get my 98 Cherokee through. Um, Also, I ended up taking my first Jeep was just trailblazing through the woods. It ended up in a pond. 
Well, thankfully, <laughs> we rode this on the quad first. So that was big brain, and we made sure that there was no ponds. Yeah, that's yeah. helpful. Yeah, that would have been a smart idea. Oops. <laughs> now, I know you don't want to talk about it. You did You did mention it. Now, the ZJ buggy, why did you build that over... Not over another Cherokee, I guess, but I mean, what? it doesn't seem like you were really... Thinking? Part of clubs before when you were building that, and it doesn't sound like you're, you're wheeling... Not experience, but you're wheeling... Um, you know, the places you were going required you necessarily to have a buggy? Was it just like the idea of having the buggy? And oh no, this was literally into the you know, the the more I don't want to say hardcore, but you know, more organized wheeling that we've we've been doing now. So to be honest with you, no. Uh that was literally the product of one conversation and talking with the guy that built the roll cage for it in his garage. Um and the Sawzalls came out. Um, he was... He kind of messed around with the Rhode Island Trail Slayers. So he was friends with a lot of the... I believe it was the Slayers. I'm not positive. But the group that was very big in cutting F&F. So we were talking and I had... I built it with the Dana 50 and the 10 and a half Because I wanted to build a reliable rig on 37s that I could go wheel anywhere and do anything in. I was talking with him and I was like, down the road, you know, I want to make it so that the cage will be able to be uh, kind of modular. Like I can do something to make it more of a buggy down the road. And he's like, oh yeah, no. And I've known this dude for a very long time at that point in time. So I kind of like, oh, I just trusted him and he's like, what we should do to make it easier for me is, and like, since what you want in the end is to build something that can go and run black and red trails. So why not remove the body to make it easier to get down them? And we cut everything up and it ended up being a horrible choice. Yeah. Having, having seen before and after pictures of it, uh, I definitely think you went the wrong way with it, but, um, dude, that thing would have been so sick as a, uh, if I'd left it full bodied and actually like taken the time I put into Barry to have made it a nice streetable Jeep. Like when it was full body, huh? Do you have pictures of it when it was full body? I've seen yeah, it. I do. Very few, very I'll few. I'll have to check it, it, it out. It looks pretty fucking badass. Yeah, it was a cool Jeep. What was done to it before you chopped it all up? He had the axles under it. I know that. I had the axles under it. I had stretched it four inches. It was sitting at like a hundred and eleven inch wheelbase. So I'm sorry, a hundred and ten. Um, so I had just punched the wheelbase right out, and it was good. It, I should have left it alone. I had Clayton rear four links set up in it. Um. The front end needed work, and I found that out after I chopped it up. I would have found it out anyway, but I should have rebuilt the front suspension on it and just <laughs> left it the fuck alone. That thing how'd was you, uh, fucking beautiful. How'd you find out the problems after you like took off the front end? Um, uh, I found them. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. <laughs> I was going to go more with the fact that it hopped. Well, yeah, that too. But it um, still hops. They all hop. It just they all hop. How much they hop? Gotcha. This thing would hop almost instantly. Yeah, and Here. it was aggressively. Yeah, so I built a mid-arm radius arm setup because I wasn't really like super concerned, and you know I had plans to bring it back to the guy that did the roll cage to do a three-link, so it wasn't a big deal, you know, like. Whatever, I'll get it fixed eventually, but certain things happened, and it just never ended up working out like that. Yeah, I'm trying to remember where you had the mid-arms on that thing, because it wasn't, it wasn't um, a cross-member. It wasn't they quite were from the 26 inches long, 
So they mounted up right before the cross member, uh, hard welded to the body, which was part of what led to your issues because my mounts were wider because I didn't mount it inboard. I just mounted it to the body. And, you know, when I sold those axles to you, that ended up being a problem. Mm. Yeah. And that's why mine are mounted on the frame and not inboard a little bit. It's because yours were mounted on the frame as well. Yeah, oh, and never thought about it that way. The uh, issues that happen with those axles, I never ended up finding out because I literally never drove the thing. Other than I drove it around the block once, just for uh, S and Gs, because it was going off to go and just get a hybrid roll cage like what I have currently in my blue Jeep. Um. So I was going to work out the rest of the stuff later because the cage builder wanted it when the cage builder wanted it. And, you know, headlights and the rest of that didn't matter that much. Yeah, fair enough. (sighs) So, Cody, you mentioned that you had your first Jeep in a pond. (laughs) I, you got (laughs) to explain how this correlates you into the current three-linked fucking very, very built for a stock-axled rig. So pretty much, so this was a 1995 Cherokee that I had. So it was actually technically my second Jeep. My first Jeep was a 96 ZJ, and that thing sucked. I overpaid so much for the stupid thing, had over 250k onto it but i didn't know what i was doing i hopped in i'm like dude this thing's got leather four-wheel drive big tire 31s at the time i thought they were big tires but uh these these things were spanked to all hell i'm sitting there my buddy got a or i'm sitting at my house and my buddy rolls up in a new xj thing was sick because i've always loved xjs like that was my i'd see an xj go down the road at like i was probably 10 years old i'm like ooh, that thing's cool i want one of those really you're a yeah, weird I'm, I'm a horrible You're a person, weird you know. Kid. <laughs> and it was, and it was only the old bodies. I wasn't a huge bit fan of the uh, the new bodies until I got my current Jeep. Actually, no, it was my my '99 five speed that I fell in love with. Mind you, it was a two door five speed that I sold for three hundred dollars. But we'll you get into dumb. that. I am a moron. Yes, I know. So, so I get so I talking to my friend who just recently picked up this 95 and i'm like hey so you want to trade it for my zj he goes oh yeah oh absolutely dude i'm totally down i was kind of blown away pretty stoked on it but turns out there's a lot of problems that he did not tell me that this thing had and so we traded it and later that weekend the week actually it was the weekend after we uh we went to this stupid mudding event out in southwick mass and we were there having a great time and after the whole mudding, quote-unquote mudding event was over, we decided to start drinking. Now, we, at the time, it was our very, very heavy partying stage, and I was literally, like, we were chugging beer through a metal pipe, we were chugging it through a traffic cone, we ended up actually shotgunning beers all together, while my sister poured a beer into the oil of the ZJ, because the quote unquote beer had to or the the jeep had to chug beer with us like <laughs> that's how this day was going whatever so we uh we safely drive home through designated drivers get back to our houses and in the, behind our friend's house we uh we were like dude let's just let's just go wheeling come on like we'll go get we'll go get another 18 pack you know we already drank a 30 pack between the three of us so we're, we're feeling good we need we need a little bit more we go out into the woods, and I wish I could show you. So on my Snapchat memories, there's literally a video of me yelling belligerently out the window, looking at my temperature gauge. It is pegged. The whole entire time, it was 260, not moving. Just And we're just mobbing through the woods, just hauling ass, because we've dirt biked in these woods for probably, I'd say, about six years. So we know these trails cruising along and now we got bored of our normal trails we're like all right let's uh let's switch this up so we just start cruising through the woods just trailblazing we're bashing through trees and it did not matter what we were going through we were just hammering over trees bushes does not matter bumping into trees blah 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 blah. all of a sudden we come to this little lake thing it was actually a uh it was a drainage pond for a for one it was a 
it was a club that was in the woods. It was like kind of like a Lions Club, Elks Club, that kind of thing. And as I was going around it, I had bald tires. Remember how I was telling you the 31s are bald as hell? Mm-hmm. These are now on the XJ. I'm going around this pond. The front end slips in. So I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to back up. So I slapped it in reverse, reverse really quick, floored it, and then the ass end slid in because I was only in two-wheel <laughs> drive at the time. Now I'm in the pond. Like, I'm literally swimming. I'm hearing the blah, 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 you know, that usual, like, well, you, well, you hear when you're watching the YouTube videos of the guys in the, like, the quads, like, going through the mus- muskeg or whatever in mm. Canada, that nasty noise. And oh, I'm yeah, just going, I'm, I'm very familiar with it. <laughs> um, good oh, yeah, your little adventure at Roush Creek. Yeah, not not a good time, but a good time nonetheless. That was an excellent time. <laughs> and uh, so I'm just kind of like bubbling forward, and like I still I'm still moving though because the bottom was just super nasty. Like it was it was more like wet dirt. It wasn't really mud, so I wasn't sinking. So I'm like cruising, and I'm barely going fast enough, but I'm flooring it like. Fully rev limiter everything, hoping that I get enough traction to make it to the other side and get out. Mm-hmm. There was no chance, dude. I was maybe doing two miles an hour. So I just kept going forwards, backwards, forwards, backwards. I turn on the light, and I look down, and my buddy Brandon is, like, playing with water that is pissing in through the door. He's just like, <laughs> oh, look at this. And it, it, it's coming in. Like, I mean, it looked like, you know watching a cartoon of a guy standing next to a dam and the dam starts cracking and the water starts shooting through. Like that's exactly what was going on. So now I realize there's no shot of me getting out of this super simple. So I hop out brand new red wing boots, brand new. I mean, I probably first time wearing them, that kind of you brand gotta new. break them in. You gotta break them <laughs> in. Sounds like this could be chalked up to being young and dumb, full of cum. Oh, it was horrible. It was beyond horrible. It was one of the worst decisions ever. My buddy Brandon, I'm getting naked to jump out because he didn't want to get his new <laughs> khakis fuck? dirty. Oh, yeah, dude. He was full-blown butt-ass naked walking, swimming. We had to swim because this water was up to my chest. Oh, but end of the night, we got home safely. Thank God a buddy of ours came with this Cummins and picked us up at 3 in the morning. Um, I posted a video on my Snapchat. I'm like, we're stuck and we're all drunk and like... So he needed help, and, like, that's it. That's all I said. No other words, and my buddy ended up showing up to the spot somehow. I, I mean, I don't really remember that that well. But, uh, yeah, we got home. The Jeep was disgusting, and for the rest of its, I think it was probably about 12 months after that, its nickname was Pond Scum because it smelled so bad. Worst smell. I don't even want to think about it. I'm going to start gagging just thinking about how bad this thing smelled. I got to yeah. get the coal mud out of my goddamn Corbus, and it's pissing me off because there's nothing else in my Jeep to make it stink at this point. So it's got to be my fucking seats. Yeah, or some random insulation under the dash or something that just... Nah, that shit's all gone. <laughs> hmm. Like... I... Yeah. It's stripped to fuck. <laughs> Yeah, I missed that. I missed that '95. Even though, like, that smell was disgusting, but it was the first Jeep that I wrenched on. I did a head gasket, a valve cover gasket. I did all that before Go Topless Day. That I actually met Luke. Funny enough, the day that his elusive ZJ buggy, he was parked next to us, and we actually convinced him to flip it because he was playing around on this massive rock that he had no business being on, but he was. And we're like, crawl it, dude, crawl it. And he's like, okay. Uh, it's like, pops it in the drive, flips this thing instantly. We were all cheering for him. It was exciting. But I met him that night and or that day. Didn't really yeah, get to and then we him, ripped but... off the goddamn fender because you guys were stacking tires. And Colin comes up to me and he goes, yo, if I destroy your fender, can I, like get you another one and we call it good and i'm like i whatever i'll i'll just weld the fucking fender to the tube work i don't care so this kid colin just hops up on my tire and like smashes the whole fender in so it blows the uh body mounts for it off and like shoves it into the wheel well stacking his jeep on mine and i'm just chuckling about it and I think it was Cody, Brandon, his girlfriend, and 
uh, Brandon's girlfriend, and they were all just kind of like laughing, and we talked about it a little was, bit. Was that the crew? Because I was there as well, and I don't, I don't really remember the people who were there. Yeah, it was them. Yeah, we was, were literally right next to you guys. So like, did one you, you who had the V10? Was that one of you guys? No. Okay. No. I thought they no. had Brandon's old Jeep, and they had his Jeep, and his Jeep was like the white one on thirty ones, if I remember right. Yep, and my Did buddy you... had the lapis blue, like stupid, stupid, stupid clean lapis blue, uh, Cherokee. That was also there. That I love that color. Totaled. Oh, it's gorgeous. If I were to get another Cherokee, it'd have to be lapis blue, or one's getting painted lapis. I don't care. <laughs> uh dude, it doesn't matter. You just find a spray paint color you like, and you just go to town as the body folds around the tube. Yeah, that's the that's way. I like. So I like black. The uh. Krylaw or Kyle? What's it? Cry? Krylon. Krylon. There we are. Um, the double black or the two times black, whatever the fuck that means, it matches perfectly to the my body color. It's amazing. I love it. So I've been using the um, Krylon navy blue because it's close enough to my body color that I can just keep overspraying the tube and not care. Um, and like as I'm chopping away at the rear, I'm gonna just paint everything that I put on there that same color blue. And I did my rear bumper in it, and I actually kind of like it. But so, question, Graham, how did you actually get into wheeling? I don't think I've ever heard that story. I kind of knew Luke's, and I kind of knew Richie's, but I mean they're both in like like redneck towns, you know? <laughs> so like the, the, they're surrounded by woods. Okay, Richie, looking at me weird right now. <laughs> You live like you live in the woods. How did you get into wheeling? Only a little. Yeah. Um. So up until probably, I want to say it must have been like 2015. I didn't give a shit about cars. I like I I absolutely didn't care. Not I had no interest in them. My dad had. He's always been into cars. He's had. He's got a bunch of you know pretty classic cars he's got a cj5 grand wagoneer i drove that all through high school i didn't realize how fucking cool that was till like after i started getting into cars but you i went drove to... a grand wagoneer all through high school yep yep that's exciting i wish no, i it's got fucking, it's fucking cool but i didn't i didn't think about it at the time it, like it just didn't register with me i just didn't care i was just a you know uh you know a and basically a, a nerd living in you know <laughs> Okay, urban fucking Massachusetts. Like, there's, like, there was, there was nothing to taint me, you know, into, you know, any of the, you know, more redneck blue collar hobbies that I, I have sort of uh, embraced now. But what sort of got me started was, I went to school in at UMaine for two years, and I had a buddy with this ridiculous red TJ on 35s. It had some body lift in it too. It was, and it had a pretty, I don't think he had the body lift in it anymore, but it was on at least four inches of lift. The thing was ridiculous. It looked like shit. Like it was a disgusting car. And I was like, whoa, that's actually kind of cool. I'd never seen anything like anything like that. It just wasn't sort of, there was no cars like that in, you know, you know, by the ocean in Massachusetts where I was. Or if wasn't... you saw one, I would imagine it was just like driving by. It wasn't like something that you actually got to. Yeah, I didn't around. I wasn't like sitting in it or helping like work on it and realize how you know like cool it was to to drive something that shitty, I guess. Uh I think the thing that really like got me hooked was he had gone home for the weekend to do something to it. Like the oh the motor had blown up. He'd sunk it in a pond. Like it looked like a puddle, I guess. And the front end just went straight in. Motor immediately destroyed. They couldn't get it out, so it was in, it was in there for a while. So the motor was just junk. So he had gone home, done a motor swap in a weekend, and drove it back. And in my mind, I was like, "That's wow. kind of sketchy." Yeah. You, know, you put the motor in, and then you drive it up here. Like, and he's not. He wasn't close to school. He was. He lived in Maine, but he wasn't close. I mean, Bangor from where he was coming from was at least two and a half hours away. So I was like, huh, that's kind of cool. So I was looking at cars at that point. Cause, and look you know, at I, you at Roush. <laughs> I was, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I was, uh, at that point, I was looking at cars because I was um, 
you know, at that point I wanted a car, I wanted to be able to drive around and I, you know, had some money. Um, and I was looking at Jeeps because my buddy had this TJ that I really liked and I saw, you know, all the cool one ton XJs. And I was like, those things are fucking cool. I want one. So, um, I never thought I'd ever have one that was cool, but I had like, I started looking and I had a, you know, a couple that I were looking at and, you know, back in Massachusetts, I was having my dad help me look. Cause I still knew nothing about cars. I liked, I, at this point I had like, you know, the bug was planted, but it, it didn't really affect much. I just had a car that I now kind of liked. Um, so I did end up picking up a Cherokee for way too much money. I think I spent probably three grand on the, on my current Jeep that I have now. And you know, wasn't a horrible deal. Wasn't a great deal. No, definitely. In not all a honesty, deal. you got your usage out of it for three grand because you're wheeling the same Jeep that I have built two in the same time frame. So your current Jeep is your first ever XJ. Yep. My oh first my ever god. Vehicle. That's, that's, impressive. that's actually impressive. Yep. Holy crap! I've I've had six. So like. <laughs> <laughs> no, this I'm a is horrible the, person. <laughs> yeah, this is the only one I've ever had. Um, you know, I, I bought it bone stock, relatively clean. It's a 2000, so it had the classic uh, 2000 head gasket issue. So uh, I immediately had to swap the cylinder head. It didn't go to a shop. I did it myself. That was like the first big project I ever did on the thing. Uh, it's still holding strong to this day. Knock on wood. Huh? It's gonna blow up on your way home today. Did <laughs> did you uh, did you go with the '98 head or did you have it was it stock? Uh, I bought a clear water head. At that point, oh. I was like, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I don't know if that it's better or worse. It seems like it's it's doing pretty good. But Still I mean, and that was up. like I wasn't thinking about mods or anything at that point. I was like, okay, my car needs a new cylinder head. I didn't know anything about Jeeps. So, I mean, I did had read at that point that. You know, you could use an older style head, but I didn't want to deal with that. So, you know, new parts. I'm dumb. Didn't know anything about cars. Give me the new head with all the pieces so I can just bolt it on. Bolted on pretty good. The block was not decked, so it's probably warped and other bullshit, but it's a 4 row. It's fine. It doesn't care. It doesn't matter. Um, it loves it. Loves every second of <laughs> breathing through, through the coolant. <laughs> yep. But other than that, I didn't for a while. I didn't do anything with it. It was just the driver. I, I drove it back and forth to Maine a few times with a three foot stinger. Oh no, no, that did, that didn't come till later. But yes, uh, eventually we'll get there. Um, so why was that you Maine? It, nothing really changed. I painted the the hood stripes that are on it now. Those I painted at you Maine. Those have not been touched since. They're still in pretty good shape, considering we did it in a parking lot. Um, Wait, your Jeep has racing stripes on the hood. It, it, no, it does not. It's not yeah. racing Why, stripes. How have I, how have I never noticed this? The you didn't like the hood, the indents. You know, people do it all the time. That was like the first thing I ever did to the thing. Oh my god, I've never noticed that. Huh. <laughs> oh my, the amount of times I have wheeled with your Jeep and I have never noticed that. Oh, <laughs> kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, so that was really the only thing I did. I did wheel it a few times. We went a, to a couple places. It was more like logging roads and, you know, a buddy's uh, backyard. He lived up, you know, way past, past even Bangor. It was way up there. It was almost like a camp. Uh, but the guy actually, that's like where he lived. And he worked like 10 minutes away. And we'd go up and hang out with him like every other weekend. Or he'd come down and we'd just drink beer and eat pizza and other shit. Um, so that's, you know, I got my first taste of wheeling really there, you know, at that point in time, but my Jeep wasn't built. Like there was nothing, I wasn't going to be doing anything cool with it. But I, at that point I knew like, this was actually pretty fun. I want to do this. You know, now I've got to lift the thing. Um, you know, a, a bunch Tell of stuff. It was rough it. country. Hmm? Tell me it was a rough country lift. It was. Don't you worry. Oh yeah, gotta love it. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up. Uh... Although, on that note, I will one hundred percent endorse Rough Country for their like control arms and their long oh, arms. Yeah, mine lasted for me for like at least two and a half years of hard wheeling before one of those control arms blew out on me. 
Yeah, and that could order. be fixed. The, those are still sitting at the shop. That could be fixed by just replacing that one Johnny joint. Yep. But we will see well, what will happen it. with them. My my Rough Country shocks lasted like six years on my truck, and it took me jumping my full-size pickup to blow out one shock. The other shock was still okay. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, those... those, those... Rough country ones there. They're, they're not the best, but they're not the worst. It did not ride nice. Uh but that was I I, I ended up leaving Umaine and was, was back in Massachusetts and I was working I don't know if it was full time at that point or what it was, but I was I was working, I had a steady stream of income, so I was dumping money into the Jeep. And this process continued for about three years while I was sort of in between trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, the Jeep was sort of like, okay, this this is the only thing I know is like definitely cool and like that I want to work on. Like I, I, a lot of my my hobby at the before cars was you know was really computers and technology, and I tried to been been turning that into a job, and that's not really what I want to do when I get home from work, working on computers and working in you know in an IT environment. I don't really want to come home and you know, sit at a desk and work on a computer. So for about two and a half, three years, uh, there was the, um, you know, a phase where I was with, it was with my buddy Jacob and Dave, both of you, you, you guys know Jacob, maybe yeah. Dave to an extent, but those guys were pizza guy or Domino's guy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. They're both. <laughs> I haven't talked to Dave in forever, but Jacob, obviously I still talk to a whole bunch. Um, I mean, Dave had a Jeep, and at that point, Jacob had a his black XJ two door. Yeah, yeah, that's we sort of like <laughs> Jacob had an XJ. Yeah, yeah he, did. he had a black one. My buddy Brandon I didn't know that. almost bought me and Brandon you literally drove all the way out great. there, and Brandon was like, "Dude, it has shock hoops in the back, and it like has a stroker motor." <laughs> yeah, it has also a the shock hoops were not bolted in, so that's not a selling point. Or they weren't welded it. It was literally just in there. And Jacob oh, had never yeah. done anything with them. Uh, but with those two guys, we... Dave had a habit of, like, he'd find something really cool. He'd somehow find the money or find somebody who would be willing to buy it. And we'd go and get it. So there were several adventures to, you know, just out to a random spot to get a Jeep. And then we'd wheel there or do something stupid. And at this point, I was on four and a half inches of lift and 33-inch oh. tires. Like, my Jeep was basic ass normal xj you know it was it was you know, lifted and capable no lockers or anything but it was lifted and it could you know it could drive around but and hang out with you know my couple other buddies and we'd drive around on dirt roads and you know through snow and mud and other stuff and then you know, through one of these things jacob ended up getting tires because his jeep had 31s and 30s it was like a mismatch of tire sizes um so we went and we met up with this dude in natick who ended up being sean and got 35s off of sean and that's where i met sean and we'd sort of been he'd been talking about building a club and you know it's like hey if you guys are interested you know i'll let you know if this thing if we ever end up doing this and you know we of course said sure yeah definitely We'd love to go off-roading with more people. And, uh, um, you know, I think it was a couple months later, he, he ended up starting the club and we, and we went down and you know, just sat around a fire. And that's sort of what started the club was, I think it was in Scott's backyard. Um, uh, was Sean's where it was. brother, right? Yeah, Sean's brother, Scott. So, Graham, were you one of the first members of the club? Yep. He oh, OG okay. like old English in that brown paper bag. Mm -hmm. And I had met, uh, I didn't meet Colin until a little later. I, I, I met him as a, as a person at the fire, but I didn't really like associate him with his Jeep. But really, you know, I think a few events into having been in the club and we were trying to figure out what we were going to be doing. Uh, there was a spot in Blackstone we'd go and they had a, um, you know, a little park, little rock gardens and stuff. It was a really fun spot. It could have been developed and made into something really cool, but you know, long story short. Right 
the relationship there sort of got iffy. So we don't, we don't go there anymore, but that's where I saw Collins Jeep, you know, full cage 37s on three quarter ton axles. I was like, Whoa, that's like, that's like a pretty cool build for, uh, you know, for a, for a Cherokee around here. Like I, I didn't really, I never really put the pieces together and thought, okay, how do I get my Jeep from here to, you know, something that's, you know, on, on one ton axles and bigger tires and has a cage Uh, and body armor. And he sort of, you know, that the vision there sort of got me, you know, my gears turning as to, okay, well, what are the steps you need to, to, to get there? Because before that, I was really just like, I just had my, my Jeep and my lift and my tires. And that's just what it was. It, it, it was doing everything I wanted it to, because I wasn't pushing myself. I wasn't part of a club. I wasn't doing cool stuff. And, you know, once you see people who are doing cool things, you're like, okay, well, now how do I get my, my vehicle to that level so I can also do those things? So that's sort of what got me, you know, spiraling down this trail of, you know, eventually, you know, I put the 35s on it, I put the lockers in it, immediately noticed a massive difference in how, you know, cool wheeling could be. Eventually did the long arms, realize that you can have a, you know, a, a shitty Jeep with big tires that actually drives good on the road. Keep in mind, I'm driving this thing to and from work, like an hour and a half to two hours every day. Like this is my vehicle. <laughs> I was beating the shit out of this thing on you know, weekends every couple months. And then, you know, and working on it almost nonstop doing various things. We did the manual swap, uh, a bunch of other random stuff. Like, I don't know how I did it. I was, it was, Lots of thrashing. Yeah. Um, a lot of Jacob, too. I'd come home from work, and he'd be sitting in my... You know, not in my driveway. He'd be on the street in his car. And he'd be like, okay, we're working on it, right? You know, I, I, it was like... Some days, I definitely wouldn't have worked on it if he hadn't been out there fucking waiting. So... Um, well, that's just being now, a good but, friend. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm trying to pay it back to him now, get his stuff rolling, but... uh. Um, my, <laughs> my, stuff's <Jacob>. been, <laughs> my stuff's been solid now, though. I mean, since I bought Luke's axles, did the cage. I mean, like you were saying, Luke, you wanted a, a rig on 37s that you know was you know reliable and did everything you wanted it to. That's basically where I'm at right now. I'm, I mean, I've got, I still have plans and things I want to do with it, and I have pieces that I'm going to put in eventually, but I don't need to. It, it it does everything I want it to do at this point. I've got 37s, 7, 8 ton, 1 ton, everything but the Dana 50 is strong as shit. Uh, yeah, but that Dana 50 holds up to a fuck ton of abuse. It was entertaining as hell to watch you on uh, whatever day it was at Battlegrounds running that black with the mud and the snow on the ground where you just like ended up having to get on it and pull tire a couple of feet bouncing rev limiter which is definitely not your style (laughs) (laughs) as a whole fucking thing is like sliding in this on its side and he's pulling the front tire like two feet and he just stayed in it and (laughs) made it up black climb ever since graham did his uh, roll cage fucking? He's been a new man. The the, the, the roll cage huge. increases confidence by <laughs> like a factor of ten. It it was insane. I mean, even when I had you know, the one ton axles, you know, there's this huge limiting factor, like just sort of resting on me. Like, okay, you've got these massive axles. The thing's more capable than the body is. The it, it's not safe to be doing the stuff I was <laughs> yeah, doing with it. I feel with it. that. And you know, the axles and the tires and the you know, you know all the traction the thing had, I could go up and uh, not anything, but a lot of things that I wanted to. But you know, without that, you know, the cage to sort of be like you know, the my parachute in case something happens. Like uh, it, it definitely holds yeah. you back in in some way. And as the soon as I had up, now you can run. Yeah. So now. You were saying like your rig is more capable, kind of than what you're willing to do. Now, question: because now my rig is more capable to do than what my girlfriend is willing to do, and that has become a 
problem. How do I get her more comfortable being in my rig? Like, I mean, I'm I'm at the point where I'm just ready to get her in the passenger seat, buckle her in, and purposefully roll it, just so she uh, can realize that if we roll, we're not gonna die. Like, it is okay. so. Fr- it is not a good idea. Is that? I, I, <laughs> I'm just gonna go with throwing out there the classic <laughs> argument of just put a fucking cage in it. At least you know a nice note over the uh, roof line with a decent B pillar and a good. C tie-in maybe so that way if you do roll it it's not going to be an issue and you got harnesses and you know your seats ain't gonna fucking yeet you clean out of the vehicle but that's just my humble opinion if you're gonna be rolling it on purpose yeah i think i mean i i know you're definitely right and i know the way (laughs) that i should do it i'm just like it's frustrating we are going down a goddamn blue trail it got mildly my i mean mildly off camber and instantly she's just like i don't like this i don't like this and it's frustrating because now i have to back up get off the obstacle i now need to understand like i need to calm down now because i'm talking to my girlfriend you know now i have to sleep next to her tonight so i gotta i gotta deal with her you know make sure she's not gonna get all pissed off at me so i gotta get her comfortably off the like into off trail then i go through the obstacle and then i have to wait for her to hop back in you know it's, it's a little annoying don't get me wrong but I'm trying to, like, this... I'm kind of just used to that because Lil Titties does not like... <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Sorry. Who are we talking that, about? <laughs> that is her self-appointed group chat nickname. Okay, but my girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's fucking awesome, but she does not like it when I start, like, pulling tire and being dumb. Well, on the other hand, I can understand some of where she's coming from because I have this bad habit of I don't like doing the shit where I'm scared of rolling it. Like, I've got a cage and everything, and when I get in the right mood, I will do anything. But sometimes I'm just, like, not feeling like rolling my shit today, and... Yeah. Yeah. When you're getting it, when you're in a situation or you're coming up to an obstacle that you know, okay, there's a slim chance I could roll, you say, hey, you might want to hop out for this. And, but like, Caitlin just physically does not care if she feels that the Jeep is going to roll. Not me, because obviously with me too, like, if I'm coming up to an obstacle and I'm like, ooh, yeah, I can kind of see how this is going to kind of do weird things, I tell her, like, hey, hop out, take some videos, photos, whatever it may be, but like, you might want to hop out for this. But, dude, we were going down a goddamn blue, and I was just turning left on an obstacle, and my right tire was up on a rock. My left tire was down off the rock, and it just, like, barely went to, like, a five-degree... No, it was probably more than... Probably, like, a 15-degree angle. But, like, she just started freaking out, and I'm like, oh, God, kill me. Like, back up, throw it in reverse, <laughs> fucking crawl back all over it, and then kick her out, and then shut the door, and then literally I just, like, plopped through it in two seconds, and I'm sitting there staring at her like... Did we die? Just throw some better seats in. I have with Jess every time, where she just refuses to be in the Jeep for anything. Yeah. Which is... She'll ride with me up to the obstacle, immediately get the fuck out, and then afterwards, she'll get back in. (laughs) It doesn't matter if I'm going up a rock that's only a foot tall. You didn't tell her that when she was riding with me at Badlands. Dude, I sent them up, like, two super sketchy obstacles to the point that my door, like, where my handle was dragging out a rock on the ground. <laughs> Badlands was a good fucking Dude, no wonder trip. she didn't like it. I was in, like, a... like I'm not... on her, dude! Hey, luckily she was on the high side, so, like, the high side doesn't feel as bad as the low side. But yeah, that kind of explains why she didn't want to ride with me for the rest of the weekend because I didn't know. <laughs> that would explain a lot. Yeah. I kind of peg my fun meter though when you start like there's one obstacle at Harris that I enjoy doing but it's like right at the limit of where I enjoy doing it. And it's this like probably 8 or 9 foot tall vertical face. But to make it up it you gotta find the fucking spot where the Jeep feels like it's about to unload, and then you, like, set yourself up looking in between these two trees, and you kind of look down the body line to make sure that you're about to clear, 
and you just let her eat in first and you get up it and it doesn't feel as horrible once you're going up it. But I think Cody rode with me for it. And it's like, when you start popping that front tire in the air, if you're not fully committed, it gets really sketchy and you feel like you're going to roll. So you gotta like clutch in and just roll back down the hill. If you're getting out of it. And that shit's where I kind of draw the line. And it feels way worse in the cabin than it is outside. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, it's definitely weird, though, like, because we could be, I mean, it really depends on the rig, too. I mean, if, let's say, you were in a buggy and you had suck down and you pulled down, like, two inches on that, probably wouldn't feel that bad. Or if you had, like, Colin's rig that has a little, like, has controlled rebound compared to your coil with normal shock style rig. But definitely sitting in the passenger seat, like, obviously, like, I trust your driving. So as I was sitting in there, I was very comfortable, like, just kind of riding along going, all right, let's have some fun. But if I was in my Jeep, oh, I'd probably probably be pooping my pants a little bit, you know, coming (laughs) up to this thing. (laughs) That black wall that we did that day at Harris was fun because we got up on this and like a couple other people in the group had just kind of like went around it. It wasn't anything particularly awesome, but it was like a flat wall that was maybe six or seven feet tall, but really steep. So you just hop on it and the front end like unloads the Jeep hops and then we just hook as it's unloaded. That was a fucking good one. And yeah, no, uh, no, no, do the wall of death. It I was need the same thing, that. but with uh, nope. with more we not, <laughs> We are not as cool as you, Graham. That <laughs> dude, that was like, you know, it's a problem. Like when the whole group's like, yeah, Graham, do it, do it, do it, and then Graham actually like, you know, goes pulls his chest back a little bit, <laughs> and walks over to his jeep, and now we're all like, oh fuck, like no, he's actually considering doing this. <laughs> like five of us in- individually walk over, and we're like talking to him, like, hey. You know, like, you don't have to do this, right? Like, it's okay to not do this. He's like, yeah, no, he's like, I'm just going to put my tires on and feel it out, you know? <laughs> Dude, that was nuts. We'll, uh, we'll post, or we'll have uh, Luke post a video onto the uh, the Instagram with uh, with that video. Even the video doesn't do it justice. That is, no, that is, like, uh... Graham, what was your mindset going into that, though? So, honestly, if, if, the only reason I did it is because Mike Craig, you know, you know, he wasn't he wasn't coming at me with the same uh, enthusiasm that everybody else was coming at me with. He was like, "Just do it, come on, do it!" Right? He came at me. He was like, "Hey, just put your tires on it. It's it's a dry day. See see how it does." I mean, everybody else has sort of it's it's really a one shot obstacle, right? I mean, I I went up it and didn't have enough speed in in one run. But I had backed off. I know my rig well enough to know if it's gonna, you know, slide to the side or anything like that, so I can let off and back off. And that's what I did. And then at that point, I knew I was pretty damn close to the top, so I just needed a little more and to commit a little more, and that's what got me up it. But if he hadn't have come up to me and you know told me with a you know with a fairly level head, I I don't know if I would have gotten my my nerves together. That's definitely the most nervous I've ever been on an obstacle in my Jeep. That's that's sort of been um I'm way more comfortable with walls now than I used to be because of that <laughs> obstacle. I mean, a lot of that I think that's what it comes down to, right? Is you, if you put yourself in positions where it's you're you're towing the line of what you're comfortable with and it's okay, then you're that much more comfortable going and doing something that is similar or, you know, even you know, not even as bad. Like a lot of the stuff I've done since I've been way more comfortable with because I did that. And I, that, you know, the feeling that I got from that obstacle wasn't nearly, I mean, that adrenaline adrenaline rush for that run versus some of these other ones isn't even close to the same. So I'm, and it definitely helps having calmer nerves for the slightly difficult stuff versus the crazy stuff, right? I can go through something that I probably would use to, get nervous about and you know, be calm. And I actually, I noticed that when we were on this run, you know, last week or last weekend was people were like, Oh yeah, dude. Like I was nervous for you. I was like, I wasn't nervous. Like I, I'm, I, I know my rig. I, I've done a lot of stuff way worse than this. This, this wasn't bad. Like it's, it's all about just 
you know, just the repetition and putting yourself in spots that, you know, are, are I think one thing that does help with your situation is you've built that Jeep stage by stage by stage. So you know it really well. I, I honestly feel like I'm building way too big of a rig for what I actually need for my level of like what I'm comfortable with wheeling at the moment. But I broke a bunch of shit and it's like if I'm going to already be doing body work because I am moving my rear axle and my leaf springs are already shot and I have to build another cross member for the doubler anyway because the rig needed lower gearing. Um, why not just link it? Well, now I'm linking the rig and I'm putting coilovers in it and it's got six to one low range now. So... But I feel like that's a bit more rig than I actually need for what I want it to do. And I kind of don't want to, like, destroy it at this point, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that's, like, why I'm looking at building a buggy and starting to acquire parts for it. Because I feel like with something that I know that um, is solid, you know... I'm much more comfortable with bouncing that down a hill than my Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I mean, you look at mine now, and it's not—it's not the prettiest Jeep by any means, but it's a uh, uh, so well it, though. I—I—I I, I, like, I restrain myself enough to keep it intact. Yeah, and I—I've got more body panels for the front on the way. The fronts, but keep in mind, oh. these are the same panels I've had on this thing for five years i've been wheeling this thing for a solid three years and that those are the panels that i've had since then so i mean you can keep a full body rig in pretty good shape in new england and still do stupid shit if you're you know you have you know some restraint i don't disagree but at the same time i feel like if i'm going to be putting stickies on something it might as well have a little bit of extra horse ponies and it might as well be something more fitting to the ter- or like the harder parts of the terrain and I can just leave my Cherokee alone. Yeah. I definitely understand that. I mean if if I was I don't know. I'm definitely at a point a similar point to you where I think I could do harder stuff, but the full body definitely holds me back a little bit, but I almost think that's kind of you know, it's almost more impressive when you when you can get something that's full bodied through something harder. And oh, I totally not agree. Destroy the body. I, but it's not as easy, and you know, it's not. Um, you I'm may not be, be able to take the dumbest lines, but I don't necessarily want to take the dumbest lines. I already do some pretty stupid lines, and you know, I don't know. I think at some point it's I'll great. definitely want to build a buggy, but. I'm going to be doing stupider shit this year anyway, but at the same time, I'm just saying, like, from a more so, I guess, a safety and, like, a confidence point of view, I feel like something that is, that you know is going to be reliable after more than one or, like, three flops is where I want to go, because, like, I want to be able to just accept rolling it and not have it be a problem. Well, if you build your cage right, it shouldn't be a problem. You just have yeah, and, but, uh, but you're a two door, so it's harder to get uh, parts. I like a man and accept mm. defeat. <laughs> no seatbelt, no cage. Uh, no. How about no? Because like, I've come True. close to rolling that thing, and I'm okay with rolling it, but at the same point in time, I'm not even like down. To, where I would have flopped it at Kish's would not have been fun. I think I might have ended up on my roof. So, at the same time, I don't exactly want to go and do that. (laughs) But it is fun to push the limits, especially, like, I enjoy when you end up doing stuff where you end up with, like, a tire hanging two or three feet in the air, and every little movement you make gets it to the point of, like, you feel it in your rig more than just like going up a trail um yeah i feel that anyone have any 
points that they want to add in before we wrap this up? Because we're starting to go to about an hour and 40. I'll do a quick oh, well, uh, run. Well, I didn't get to talk about how I got into wheeling. I'll do a quick like three What are you minutes. talking about? You you got into wheeling from Pond Scum. Nope. No, actually. Well, okay, well, continue. Continue. His, I thought his you were layup, done. His layup to me was pretty solid, but it was a little, it was a little late. So I actually... Like, my intro to wheeling was when I was really young. I was probably about four years old, and my dad had an old CJ. And seriously, some of my fondest memories was being in that CJ. Like, I still remember him running out of gas. Oh, no, no, the Jeep died in the middle of a big, wide parking lot. And I had to sit in the driver's seat with my foot on the clutch as he got behind the Jeep, pushed it through the parking lot, and then I had to pop start it at four years old. And the thing went, and my dad had to, like, run next to me, like, push me out of the driver's seat as he was hopping in. And, like, it's just, it's crazy to think, like, or him backing up onto a, uh, a snowbank in the middle of a big, wide parking lot. Like, it's cool to see how that, mixed with my grandfather's love of building cars, kind of mixed the two things for me together to where, like, I got to really enjoy off-roading and enjoying Jeeps and getting into cheap shit boxes and building them. And, like, it's really cool that nowadays I'm <laughs> hanging out with you th- four idiots or three idiots. Sorry, I miscounted. And, There's uh, a lot more than three of us, but yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, in this current, <laughs> this current yes. chat, you know... Um, there are more than three idiots have influenced you, but oh, uh, you do. There's, <laughs> there's, there's quite a few. It's pretty cool though that like to think of my Jeep was just like a little Cherokee to now it's very well capable. So yeah, that's how I got into wheeling, and then it turned into the '95 Cherokee, and yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where got my little spiel in. <laughs> well, see, I think that's that's the cool part for me was everybody who we can get to join the group and stick with it. Like, you know, they incubate for a couple of years and then they end up with something cool. Like when Richie first got his Jeep, you know, it was, you know, it started out small. I mean, that, that thing grew really quick and it's been capable, you know, my, my almost Jeep, since the beginning, I'd say. Well, I like, and it's really as budget. I- as I tell everyone, build. I bought my Jeep on like a Monday or Tuesday. I had it registered on Wednesday, drove it down to the shop on a uh, Friday, and drove it home lifted on Sunday. Yeah. Like, the, the thing got lifted within the first week. And for, oh, Jared, the, longest, for, for <laughs> the longest time, it was stock everything. I had a welded rear end and a lunchbox in the front. And ZJ steering. And oh, yeah, it had ZJ, ZJ steering. steering. But yeah, it had the classic Luke Pearson uh, uh, lifted shitbox recipe, which is yeah. welded rear, lunchbox front, ZJ steering. Boom, and, done. You know, I, I did my best to follow all the guys on the hey, bigger man, axles and bigger works. tires. Yeah, it does. I'm not knocking it. I'm, hell, I wish I had you know the you know, the support group essentially to to build my shit on a budget when I first was getting into it because I'd like oh yeah I could have saved so much money <laughs> and I would have had the same result. Like, uh, it just it's it's insane to think of you know how little I knew at the time. Right, if I had just like known a couple more people i could have gotten stuff for way cheaper stuff for free i mean now i can i can sling a 231 from from somebody for like i I don't even have to pay right i can just like reach out and i'll find like when we went to roush right my transfer case blew up i think the weekend before or something so i needed to find a transfer case swap all my guts into it Slap that thing back in. It still makes horrendous noises because the pump is the problem, I think. I, I don't know why. Let's not forget that I'll there was one thing. sitting in the truck at Roush in case that one grenaded that we were going to swap <laughs> the 231 into. Or the 231 yep. SYE into. Well, that wouldn't have been too bad either. Transfer cases aren't really hard <laughs> no, to swap, right? It's just, uh. We could have left the stock chain and shit in there and just slapped the fucking SYE in and you would have been up and running and like... Yeah, but it's not... Uh, with. My no, chain, just all the pieces that, oh yeah, like if my chain had blown up, but my chain's not going to blow up or shouldn't blow up because it's wider than a factory Jeep 231, which is, uh, 
the 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 spot that breaks other than the shift fork for uh neutral and drive that's, well, that's what like, always gets me if this shit box dana 20 blows up i've got a spare 231 <laughs> i'll just throw a super short fucking slip yoke eliminator on there and slap that in behind the crawl box with the wide chain for now until i figure something more permanent out but that's like a 350 400 replacement case worst case scenario they're not yeah. bad. I'm curious to see how that your Dana 20 swap ends up going because, I mean, it just doesn't sound like a lot of people use them. I don't know if, is it bigger than a Dana 300 or no? It's comparable in size. Um, I'm lucky because it came with the 32 spline output. So basically the gears are about the same size as a 300. The rear output is a 32 spline. So that's the same as a 300. The output to the front axle is a 10 spline, and there is no upgrade for that. However, I have three of them sitting on the shop shelf waiting to go if I do blow the front input, but I highly doubt I'm going to blow the front input because of who has owned that rig and the fact that they all still have factory front inputs. Mm. Um, Yeah, fair enough. So... Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited for the front digs because I'd like to be able to get the crap out of my tires before I go to hit an obstacle. And yeah. then just, you know, flip a lever and go back to four-wheel. No, I'm excited to see your Jeep once it's actually uh, you know, back out. We'll I'm see how long that takes me. I'm very excited to see how it performs. It's going to be cool. The the funniest thing is just having the uh, doubler sitting on the bench and you spin one of the yokes and watch the input just going 20,000 miles a fucking minute. <laughs> it's it's so entertaining. Um, you want to segue this one into another podcast and we'll call this one here? Yeah, sure. it sounds good to me. Okay. I don't know if you wanted to... End it or not at first, or if you want to do like an actual outro or whatever you want to do. Eh, I could say. No, I think we're going to call it on that note. <laughs> Adios. Au revoir. <laughs> yeah, that, that so was, long. This, this was fun. Well. I enjoyed it. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it was a good chat with you guys. I mean, yeah, I even learned I... a few new things about you guys.